We're back at it again, ladies and gentlemen. You are in the club, powered by Club Colors. I am fired up today. We've got Troy Barter on. If you are not on TikTok, please get on TikTok. You can find him at Troy Barter Sales uh, on TikTok. And then, of course, Troy Barter on LinkedIn. If you're not one of the 13, 14,000 people already following him on LinkedIn, get in the game already. Uh, this gentleman is bringing it every day. He's the vice president of sales for Rental Maddox. And he's taken it to the next level. He's got an extensive career in sales from director level to VP level. But at heart, I truly believe at heart, he is an SDR. He's an absolute monster. And he's uh, taken the content creation thought leadership that you can put on a platform to the next level. And so I want to welcome you to the show, Troy. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, man. Happy to be on want to get into you, Troy. What is going on at Rental Maddox? Give us an understanding of what the organization does and the role that you that you fill. Yeah, so Rental Maddox is effectively GPS tracking, but it also does a few other things for rental car companies. Um, so touchless, keyless, um, it makes life a little bit easier, particularly after the pandemic where people kind of don't want to be as face-to-face. And let's be honest, if you're in the rental car industry, do you ever really want to be face-to-face with someone you want to get in your car and you want to move on? It makes life easier. Um, Why did I kind of hop in, you know, um, like you said, I do a lot of stuff on social media, the people that you'll find a lot of them, they're like, well, I work for Amazon. Uh, Rental Maddox is not Amazon. Um, in fact, probably no one, including myself, had heard of it until someone reaches out to you and tells you about it. Um, I work for a company called Fleet Maddox, which is a lot of the trophies behind me and the ones that say Verizon. Same thing. Verizon bought Fleet Maddox for $2.4 billion. It was a GPS tracking company. Um, uh, nothing that was wildly sexy or anything like that. It wasn't, uh, you know, any of those huge Google names or anything, but. If you were a plumbing company and you had five vehicles and the people took them home at night, would you want to keep track of them? Of course you would. You know, it, it was a quantifiable ROI. And most of the people we were trying to sell didn't already have it when I was working there in 2013. So it was a no brainer. You could turn a late adopter into an early adopter with one demo. Rental Maddox is very similar. Yeah, you have 3000 vehicles, your rental car company. You don't keep track of them. That's kind of amazing, right? But there's so many that don't still. And it's a very simple sale once somebody takes a look at it and realizes what the return is. And that's why I had me interested in hopping into it. Also, it's Irish founded, which I like because um, candidly, I prefer it over anything that Silicon Valley anything. And the final interview was in Dublin, which is so many. Come on, what are we talking That about? was a plus. Yeah, but think about it this way. If you're listening to this, talk about asset protection, right? I mean, what is the biggest asset besides the people of a rental car company, right? Uh, the, the cars, right? So you probably want to protect that asset. But moreover, yeah. what, a, what about cost control and uh, making sure that you're controlling the bottom line profitability of your biggest asset? That's a huge benefit, right? Yeah. It's funny, man, because usually when I do these podcasts, they, they want to talk about everything but rental medics, but I have a perfect example, right? I, I just I was late to get here because I had to go drop my stepdad off way in Florida when it's across town. It's across like five different giant towns. And he had to drop off a U-Haul. And he was like, man, they didn't charge me for the extra mileage. Like he was like, I was ready to pay it. I can pay it. They didn't charge me for it. It's like, yeah, because they're doing everything by me. They like did not have the time to go ahead and take a look and even verify whether or not you had done the extra miles. With Randomatics, you would have got an alert before they had even arrived, whether or not they had filled up at the right time, whether or not there was any mileage discrepancies or anything like that. It's just the beauty of GPS tracking. And I, the other big part of it, um, because I've sold against GPS for so long, borderline most of my sales career because of how long I spent at Fleet Maddox, is with other companies, they're really hard to use. And Rental Maddox, the other thing that was really appealing to me was that it was an incredibly easy to use software. To me, that is as important as whether or not it solves a problem. People don't talk about that in tech sales. They want to talk about the buyer's journey and the discovery questions. Is it easy to use or not? Because if it's easier to use than the one that doesn't solve your problems as much, there's a high chance you're going with the one that's easy to use. Software is only as valuable as how often and how effectively you use it. And you actually have to make statements to be able to do that. So I know that goes against the LinkedIn empathy is delicious, but guess what? Yeah. You got to present sales. Sorry, fam. That's a part of the game. You still have to be a salesperson. So Time I know that doesn't uh, resonate with everyone, but it still works. Sorry. Old school sales still works. 
Ah, yes, this is John Morris, host of In the Club, powered by Club Colors. I'm excited to tell you about our sponsor for this episode, Alpha Broder Primeline. Alpha Broder Primeline is proud to be your leading source of the best quality brands in the industry. From spider apparel to threadfast fashion, Alpha Broder Primeline is sure to have everything you need to outfit anybody. Plus, the newly added Under Armour and Columbia drinkware make Alpha Broder Primeline the one destination you'll ever need. Please go to alphabroder.com to enjoy a 10% discount off any order of Threadfast Spider or their private label brand, North End. Plus, a 10% discount at primeline.com of Under Armour and Columbia drinkware. Contact your Club Colors brand advisor and give the promo code ITC15. ITC15 and Club Colors will match this generous discount offer. See why Club Colors and Alpha Broder Primeline combine to be the right solution for your brand. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Ah, yes. This is John Morris, host of In the Club, powered by Club Colors. I am so excited today to talk to you about our sponsor for this episode, SalesCast. SalesCast is the operating system for the B2B podcasting community of sales, marketing, and revenue professionals. They have an inclusive online community, courses, tutorials, events, guest matching, and even world-class managed production services. Their mission is to connect 100 million sellers to the power of story. Thanks again, SalesCast. Enjoy the show. You know, it's interesting. On the last episode, we had Scotty McKeever on. He uh, started a company mm-hmm. called Equine Edge. It's a SaaS platform, essentially, for handicapping horse racing, right? This okay. guy's an expert at that. But we were talking about in sales, you know, the beauty of effective sales is taking something that is extremely complex and being able to communicate it in the simplest of form. And I think yep. that that's the play that you're making as it relates to 100%. technology. It's yep. taking something extremely complex and understanding how to make it simple because the client is not a tech expert. The client yeah. is an everyday person that wants it to be user-friendly and to create the return on investment, right? And the reality is, it's it, that's where I argue with a lot of folks when they talk about like, well, just ask a million questions. And then like, it never gets to the point where they talk about how to make statements and how to present. And it's like, all right, did you ever present or did you present in the 80s? And that's that, this is your hiding where you're just asking questions type thing because anyone can do that. Like you're basically a magician with no tricks. If all you're talking about is the demo discovery part of the demo or anything like that, yeah. you know, it's, um, yeah, it's kind of amazing, man. Like the reality is when you go into a presentation, if you're playing up ease of use, if you tell them that it's easy to use enough times and you show them that it's easy to use enough times, when you get done, they're going to agree that it's easy to use. It's all in, it's in actually selling. And it's, it's so odd to me that everyone's like, well, selling is, is all listening at this point. I agree that it's mostly listening, by the way. I'm not, you know, ridiculous when it comes to that. But a good amount of it is still talking and still being able to present and how you present. It's not just in the questions that you ask. Um, And that's a hill I'm going to die on, I think, you know. No, it's a good hill. But the reality is I've been in, on both sides of the equation, I've been in presentations where people ask me 50 questions and they didn't earn the right to ask the next one and the next one and the next one. So I'm going to give you very surface answers unless you earn the right through some sort of credibility statement, some sort of really key uh, fact that actually is of benefit. You've got to educate your client too. You can't educate your client through question asking, yeah. right? Um, you've got to be able to make, make statements that are beneficial. It's all about the, it's, it's the psychology of sales, right? Everyone wants to talk about that. And it's like, well, I actually am showing how much I care about them by asking them all of these questions and doing a 30 minute to an hour long discovery when the reality is me personally. And I feel like a lot of buyers are similar. I'm a persona that is what people are trying to attract when it comes to a lot of this Mm -hmm. stuff. When you show up, I'm there to see what you're going to show me, not what I'm going to give to you in all of it. Like that's not what I'm here for. I I show my, my time is valuable, right? That's how most people think I showed up here and we're spending all of the time with me giving to you. When are you going to show me the thing that I want to buy? Because that's what I'm interested in. And it's, it's deviated from that. And I think a lot of times people will say, well, no, it actually has it. Well, then how come all of the content and all of the online training that's available, that's free and being pushed out there is only about the creative questions that you can ask. 
So you're just setting everyone up to not get really any supplemental training outside of what they get at where they work at when it comes to actually presenting. And guess what? That almost always sucks because how many great trainers exist? The ones that are great, a lot of them, they're online, right? Because that's why they're on there is they have recognized the fact that they're good at something or they can get people to engage with their content. All right, well, start showing people how to present some stuff, man. Like, just stop, like, leaning on the low-hanging fruit of we care about the buyer. We get it, dude. You're in sales, but you're one of the good guys, all right? I, I, yeah. Enough, all right? Can we talk about presenting now? Like, it's almost like they're worried that it's this negative connotation and I'm kind of glad because it's it really is just such an easy spot for me to hop in and fill the void where it's like, oh, all of you guys and gals are doing the exact same thing all the time. And you look at the people that you don't like, you know, like an example, and I just kind of sneak dissed them on TikTok because like a Grant Cardone or a Brad Lee that are like this negative, like, but then it's like, all right, well, how many people are following them? All right, more than all of you combined. Got it. All right, yes, so the exactly. market the market dictates that there's a lot of want for that presenting style of things. You know, there, there's two types of salespeople. They used to always say, build rapport, take control, right? And now take control is like, that's the most evil thing you could possibly do. Sales is leading someone to a decision that they should have made on their own, but they were either too uninformed or too much of a procrastinator a little bit to actually pull the trigger on it. That requires a little bit of take control in the sale, in my opinion, you know, and I, I get it. I know that's not the most uh, popular thing on LinkedIn, but there's a world that, re- that exists outside of LinkedIn where it's incredibly well, real. Let's talk about that's that. Because the sell. reality is people create content because what they want is they want engagement, they want views. So in many cases, the easiest way to get that is just to say what the most people will agree with. The problem with that is yeah. what the most people will agree with is typically coming from the heart and the soft spot. It's not coming from that type A intense uh, yeah. tactical method. And the reality is when most people zig, the most effective zag. It's yeah. over time that has been what what has happened when something new comes out it runs its course and somebody else is coming from another side so maybe this is that period and now you're first in on this other thought that isn't so popular that's going to become very popular because it's i i i truly agree with you the best salespeople, the best ceos i've ever seen are presenting they were absolutely infectious you couldn't wait to 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 hear them speak and they gave you so much value and then boom they would pop you with a question and you you would be like caught off guard, and that's when you start to get people moving. Yeah, and there I, there are some folks that do it really well, and it's very obvious that they're really great salespeople because um, I, I, don't get me wrong, a lot of the questions are super creative. Like, and it's like, man, I, I actually don't have that in my bag of tricks. The thing that you just said, and I should have it. So, like, it's not to say like there's no value there. There absolutely yeah. is. It's just like there's more to it than that is is, is kind of the point, I think. But um, yeah, man, I think it's definitely it's odd because I feel like a lot of the stuff that I do is a bit of like a throwback, but it might appear like the DMs I get are like it's a breath of fresh air, but it's really not. It's nothing original, like really to me, like it's stuff that was working before and it just never stopped working. People just pretending that it didn't is I think. I think it's far more authentic, to be honest with you. And, yeah. and again, I think that, that, that on LinkedIn, you see a lot of content creators that are putting things out there. And they're, again, they're saying they're playing to an audience. They're playing to what people will agree with. And I like the fact that you actually are challenging people. Um, you're causing them to think. And there's the best things in life, I think, come out of conflict. And I read some of the comments that you have. Some comments are not like, hey, this was great, Troy. They're like, I totally disagree. This is not. And that out of that is the beauty because you get to then build a layer of explanation on that, right? So saying what people want to hear isn't always the right thing. There's also a high chance that when people disagree, they're mostly right because nothing works for every product and segment the same way. And I tell people that though, the difference between me and, and empathy is delicious is that you can say, well, you have to have empathy 100% of the time. I'm 100% right. 
you can't tell me that I'm wrong. And I think that's why people like to ask questions because you can't really be wrong when you're asking a question. You lose sales yeah. making statements. You don't lose them making asking questions. You know, so it's you're put what, what I do. I think I put myself on a limb a little bit more and there's a lot higher chance that someone would say, well, there's no way that this would work in the sale that I do. But I tell people ahead of time that this is not the end all be yeah. all. This is an alternative method or an alternative way of doing things that's worked really well for me. By the way, I'm not telling you to do point A to point Z the same way. You might find step D where it's like, oh, this is good for me. Let me try that and let me test it. All right, cool. Do that. I'm not telling you to replicate every single part of it. I'm just telling you what has worked for me. You don't have to take everything. That's the beauty of sales. Like I said, it's it's more like mixed martial arts where back in the day, like you got a karate guy against someone that's a wrestler, you know? And nowadays it's like, well, I have both of those plus jujitsu plus yeah. boxing and everything like that. I'm giving you my, you know, jujitsu version of this. You can yeah. take elements of it and incorporate it. That's the beauty of the game. And I think I do it a lot differently because I'm in a lot of ways self-taught. I've never read a book cover to cover in sales. You know, Keenan hit me up. So I am, I have a cover of this. Like I am going to read like gap selling, like because he hit me up and I thought it was really cool of him to give me like free advice. I was like, all right, yeah. cool. I'm, I'm definitely going to buy that and read it cover to cover. But I haven't read other ones. It's all trial and error in car sales, door to door sales and tech sales. So it's way off kilter compared to a lot of stuff that people do now, because I'm not just like regurgitating, never split the difference because I haven't yes. read it and I don't intend to because the person that recommended it to me, I don't like. So it's on the back of the list. <laughs> That's how it goes. Well, I, think, I think the best way to say it is what you're giving is guidance, not gospel. Fair. Very right. fair. Yeah. And I think that you really should be leery of people that act like anything is the gospel because nothing is in sales. It's, it's impossible. You know, there's too many different elements that are different at different jobs for anyone to have a silver bullet for you. Like all that I'm providing you with is heavy artillery that does work if you know how to operate the gun, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it is really kind of all that it boils down to. But agree, man, definitely. Definitely not the gospel by any stretch. So let's talk about this. Like this platform TikTok comes out. It's captivated the world. I get caught in this this rabbit hole like I think so many do, right? You go on someone's yeah. profile and you're like, I'm just going to see this one. Next thing you know, you're 60 in, it's 1 a.m. So, yeah. but at the same time, so that's just watching. Starting out with creating content is kind of scary and daunting, right? You don't seem like somebody who really battles with fear so much. But what got you started where you said, you know what, I'm going to mess with this. I'm going to see what happens here. So it's kind of funny, man. Like I had a... Well, to give you like the full background, like I, I used to be a battle rapper, a fairly, let's say C minus list battle rapper back in the day. I was now on King of the God. stuff. Let's go. High battle. Yeah. And I used to do video blogs on YouTube then post them on a message board, rapmusic.com that was real popular to hype up my battle because if I got more views on that battle, then I would get another one and I would get a better opponent. So I put a lot of thought into those and I had already done some like vlogging and, you know, people always say like, why are you yelling? It's well, that's, that's why it's because I grew up with the guys that held that WWF belt and battle rappers. Mm -hmm. That's, that's my inspiration of what I yeah. am interested in, you know, in terms of like personality and everything like that. So TikTok, before that, I posted a video on, I think, YouTube and LinkedIn about um, cold calling and the fact that you really ought to just do it. You shouldn't spend all like, and I related it to how I wanted to start putting out more content. And then I was like, well, before I do that, I need better quality. So I need to, you know, buy a camera like this one that's like $3,000 that I'm holding yeah. all this lighting and everything like that. And then I realized like, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. Like I was telling these people, you don't have to worry about getting that extra training on the product before you cold call, just do it when I'm doing the same thing as an excuse not to create content. I posted that it crushed, like really crushed. I got great feedback, people hitting me up. And then like I, my, my wife got pregnant and I used that as an excuse. It was a dumb excuse. I easily had the time and I didn't make anything else for like nine to 10 months. Like I made no, no other pieces of content. So I actually should be way further ahead. And then like yeah. I worked uh, a job that I won't name that I like really hated. And 
it's not even on like my LinkedIn or anything like that. Like I had a horrible experience there. Um, and I had before that worked at two places where I cashed out on equity really substantially, like in like the seven figures realm. Like if you combine it all together, it's like, I really don't need to work right now. Like I'll, if I find the right opportunity, I'll take it, but I'm just going to get back to the creating content because no matter what happens, if I build that up, I have that forever. That's mine. You know, I'm Absolutely. sick of being a middle manager, building something for everybody else but me. I'm going to just build it for me this time. And I already had the experience and I was at the point where it was just like, no, I'm, I'm just so sick of building stuff for other people and not getting the respect. I'll, I'll prove that I deserve it by creating something on my own. And I started to watch TikTok and I started to look at like different people that give you advice on how to build it up. I don't follow that many people on there, but if you look at my follower counts, like 30, like half of them are people that show you how to build a following, like and what to do on there. And they're like, post six times a day. It's like, shit, that's a lot of posts. (laughs) And I started to do that though. I would post six times a day, a lot, or at the, at the very least I would post three times a day, which is tough to think of three different things to post because some of mine are like, a minute to three minutes long and mm-hmm. it took a while and it started to hit and you know people would say like well you never know like you're literally one viral away um and i made it up to i passed my linkedin which was like at thirteen thousand. i just passed with a video that i posted i said to my wife i was like look at this it's like some dumb thing some quick seven second like like i wasn't even talking it it was just text like in my yeah. face with like a, a, a filter on it. That was it. It, it. Like, and I showed her, I was like, look, it's already at like 30,000. Like this one's doing well. I passed my LinkedIn. I'm at 20,000 now. We're less than a week later. It's because that thing did like 350,000 views. Like you yeah. never know which one it's going to be. It's just you really don't. Yeah. It's putting out content. I think the best advice that I've seen from someone, I wish I could credit them, but I don't remember who said it is operate your account. Like you already have a million followers. Uh, what video would you post? How would you do the content if you already had a million people following you? And a lot of times I'll make a video for it or a TikTok and I'll be like, I'm going to do the whole thing over again. This one isn't, yes. it's not good enough. Uh, the idea is there, but it's not fleshed out and do it over again. And it sounds dumb talking about this when you're a salesperson, right? But the reality is I've been in the room with so many VPs and CROs that say, we're looking to hire someone. They've got 200,000 followers. Like, that's the first thing they say. Not yes, their background. Exactly. Not like, not like 20 years ago, it was like, we we think we could get them to bring the Smith account and the Johnson account with him. Guess what? Yep. Smith and Johnson didn't come with because they actually liked the company that they were dealing with yep. as much as the person. Yep. And they don't want to mm-hmm. go through the whole mess of introducing and onboarding and all that stuff. So yep. now recruiters and managers, I do the same thing. Like, when I'm hiring somebody, I'm like, this person's got 6,000 followers on LinkedIn, right? What a tremendous start. Um, That following now is going to hear our name over and over and over again. Ah, yes. This is John Morris, host of In the Club, powered by Club Colors. I'm excited to tell you about our sponsor for this episode, Alpha Broder Primeline. Alpha Broder Primeline is proud to be your leading source of the best quality brands in the industry. From spider apparel to threadfast fashion, Alpha Broder Primeline is sure to have everything you need to outfit anybody. Plus, the newly added Under Armour and Columbia drinkware make Alpha Broder Primeline the one destination you'll ever need. Please go to alphabroder.com to enjoy a 10% discount off any order of Threadfast, Spider, or their private label brand, North End. Plus, a 10% discount at primeline.com of Under Armour and Columbia drinkware. Contact your Club Colors brand advisor and give the promo code ITC15. ITC15 and Club Colors will match this generous discount offer. See why Club Colors and Alpha Broder Primeline combine to be the right solution for your brand. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Yeah, I, I can't say enough. Like if you want to post content, if you want to create content, if it's something that like is important to you, like just do it like today before you go to bed. Do it like do it today. Don't wait until tomorrow. Do it. Know that you're going to be trash. You're going to be hot garbage. It's going to suck. Yep. And you just keep doing it. It is the and if you're someone in sales, it's really easy to explain. It's the same as cold calling. You're going to be trash when you start. You just have to keep going. And you will get better because there's just no way that you're going to suck forever if you don't stop. And you don't. Well, and like if you break down cold calls game, you make, right? Yep. Those 50 yeah. cold calls that you make. 
and you absolutely are, are off your game. And then all of a sudden one hits and the client gives you validation. Like, Hey, that was a really nice presentation. All of a yeah. sudden the next 10, you got the Midas touch. You start to feel it. It's the same way with producing content, right? Yep. A hundred percent. I think that was like the cheat code for me is like my, like, and I don't have like a wild amount of success. Like tech sales, Tom has tens times the account size that I have. Right. He's mm. the man, right? Like he's absolutely crushing it, but we're, 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 we're getting there, you know, um, little by little, but it really is because of the followers hitting me up. Like that is, I probably would have stopped. There's a good chance that I would have if I didn't see results. It's like, if you go in the gym, if you're like, oh, I'm actually, I see results, yeah. you know, I after a couple of weeks, I see something, you know, like it doesn't have to be even huge. Like in just so many people, it's like a wild amount of people have hit me up and saying like, I use your tactics. I got a job. I use your tactics. I booked my first mm -hmm. meeting. I'm booking three a day now. Not everyone. Right. But like, and it's yeah. odd. Like you only hear the good news when you hear, it seems like you're supposed to only hear bad news. Like all of a sudden now I'm yeah. only getting good news, but like, it's so motivating to be like, all right. I was dragging today and I wasn't going to make one, but like, I've got to, like, it's actually helping. Like I, it's, there's positivity here, like that I need to continue doing. So it's, and um, it's impacting other people, but let's play devil's advocate for a second. Let me be your CEO here real quick. Mm -hmm. Troy, why in the world are you giving the secret sauce to our competition? Why are you so tactical in your content and teaching all these salespeople that potentially could compete against us how to do these things? Why in the world? Why do, how about you just lip sync something instead? Why are you teaching people all this amazing stuff? So I think here's the, the better way of, of putting the, the same thing, which was, um, hey, I don't think our clients would like that you're swearing so much. Um, ah. And I said, I agree. I'm also not going to stop. Um, so you guys have a choice to make of whether or not you are going, uh, I'm going to stay working here or you guys are going to force me to be an entrepreneur for the rest of my life because I'm not working anywhere else. And that's how it goes. And I think I might be, it's either self-destructive or it's the opposite where I kind of purposely burn the boats a little bit, <laughs> like for that exact reason of like, I don't really want to do it. Like I want to, I want to do this. Like, which is not just create content, train salespeople, help salespeople get placed, mm -hmm. write books on the things that I have done that have made me successful that I know will make others successful. That's where I see my career going. So you can look at it like, all right, yeah, there's that and there's positives and there's negatives to it. Or you can look at the negative and it's been a pleasure doing business with you uh, is uh, yeah. really kind of what it boils down to. I'm not stopping. There's nothing that's going to stop me and I'm not going to stop being authentic and being me. And if I go broke doing it, so be it, man. This is it. I've already made the decision. Yeah. I'm not I'm not swaying to quote Matt from Always Sunny. I am dug in and I'll never change. It's not happening. <laughs> Here's the thing, Troy. You probably suck at being somebody else. You're pretty good at being you. <laughs> so yeah, why, dude, not, I, why not I, roll I, with uh, that? I think I am very trash at trying to trying to be something that I'm not. And um, yeah. and it's reflected usually in the quality of my work. If I have to be something other than myself, um, draining. you're going to get a pretty nagged out person and you're going to get a, a, a very clear view at my lack of emotional intelligence really quickly. Um, uh, if I have to, uh, you know, play pretend for sure. In the club is powered by Club Colors. Club Colors is the premium marketing solution for all branded apparel and promotional products utilized to drive your brand awareness and brand success. From concept to doorstep, Club Colors can source over 9 million different product solutions, decorate your logo, create custom kitting solutions, manage all logistics, and build, manage, and curate your company online store. The full, comprehensive, all-in-one solution for your brand. Our brand promise is right solution, right place, right time. Allow Club Colors to create an inspiring brand experience for you and your team. Check us out at www.clubcolors.com. So all of you out there that are, you know, let's say in the first five to six years of your career, first off, you need to stop and you need to follow Troy, Troy Barter Sales on TikTok and then Troy Barter on LinkedIn. And you need to just take a look at the way that he's built out his personal brand and the fact that he truly doesn't care what you think or anyone else thinks. He's going to share with you what he thinks and you should learn from it. But the biggest message that I get out of what you just said is any organization that you work for gets the benefit of you at that point in your journey. 
they don't get the benefit of your whole life or controlling your whole life, right? They get to come along for the ride, but you're you're steering the ship and you're going with it. And I would re- make that recommendation to anyone who's starting in a career to understand that first things first, you have to build your personal brand. If you want to truly impact the brand you work for, have a tremendous personal brand and that actually creates team success, right? That's the most important thing. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I think there is something to keep in mind here, right? Like when I was building my career, I was a lot more careful because look, I still don't have F you money, but I definitely have F it money where it's like, all right, th- it, this, F that. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Like I'm, 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 I'm not interested. I have the ability to do that. And I understand not everyone has gotten there yet. And the reality is I don't tell people, Hey, let's get into tech sales and let's do it for the rest of our life. We are in pursuit of the bag. That's what we're in pursuit of. And when we get that, then it opens up your ability to do whatever you want, which may not be working for somebody else for the rest of your life. Cause keep this in mind. And this is a reality. Every single company's credo has in it, do you. Everyone and every one of them, everyone is lying. There isn't a single one that actually means that. They want you to do you if it meshes with what they want you to be. If you aren't what meshes with what they want you to be, they don't want you to be you. None of them do, and they never will. And you have to keep that in mind because that doesn't mean that it's the worst place to work for because where else are you going to go? The other place that says the same thing and means the same thing, I'm telling you, this is a law. There ain't a single place that's like, oh, we're cool with you being yourself no matter what it is. There's no way. It it, it just can't exist. So you have to walk a little on eggshells when you build your career. If you want to get into tech sales and start to make money, particularly if you're you know, a particular type of person and you get into tech sales nowadays and you want to make money, you know, you have to be a little bit more careful about it. And I'm not telling you, hey, be a maverick and be loud about yourself because you may get fired pretty quickly. And that may have been the right spot for you to make the most money. And that money will relate to your ability to being able to be yourself later on. And that sounds kind of crappy to say, but that's the reality. You know, I'm not trying to paint a perfect picture that you're looking at me after starting in tech sales in 2013. You know, I've been in the game for a minute and I was in sales seven years before that. So it takes some time and it does take a little bit of, you know, politicking for lack of a better term, for sure. Well, I think, you know, it takes uh, self-awareness and personal responsibility, not only for the brand that you represent, but for you as an employee. You have to look at how much you have to actually adjust. If you're having an out-of-body experience every single day, that company's not getting the most out of you. And yep. for a company, if you're if you're hiring people that have to modify who they are, what their job behaviors are, separate from their personality type so much, you're not getting the most out of that labor cost, out of that return on investment from that hire. So yep. it, it's almost best that it breaks at some, po- at some point. Uh, but I, I love the authentic message. It's like, you know, if you're if you're uh, in tech sales or any type of sales, you should be striving to find some sort of a culture that is somewhat aligned with you. But it's never going to be completely like you can't just walk in and go, yeah, hey, I tried to uh, slit my wrist last night and I was on a bender. Right. And and uh, so how's your day? Do we have any good leads today? Right. Like that's probably not going to fly very well. You got yeah, I mean, to. Man, I, I usually don't bring this up on. um on podcasts in particular, but it is a reality in tech sales. Half the country can say who they voted for and half can't. That's a reality in every tech Mm -hmm. sales job, especially Silicon Valley. I live in Florida. I get grilled at every place that I go to because I live in Florida. They want to make sure that I match the ideals of a typical tech sales company, or a lot of them aren't interested so what I'm, what I'm saying on that side of things, that's just one example. There's obviously a lot of other examples, you know, just be careful. Right. If you want to get in this game and you want to make money, keep in mind that there are rules to the game that no one's going to tell you. And I just don't care because I've done well enough and I will tell you, you know, and I'm not BSing you. These are factual things. I've experienced them. I know people that have experienced them. No people that ever got fired over these type of things, you know, like and um, my philosophy always is. I guess I'm a little old school in that, like, I actually like a spirited conversation and everything like that. Um, I love learning new opinions and new points of view and everything. And on both sides of pretty much everything, be it politics or any ideas or philosophies, there's a lot of people that want to be within an echo chamber. 
you know, and that's not healthy for anyone. And you it's really hard to have any kind of progress when you live in there. Yes. So let's talk about this for a second. Let's let's take it a little bit lighter here for a second. What makes you absolute belly laugh, like bust out laughing? What what you know, you mentioned always sunny. I'm a huge fan of always sunny. That gets me going. But what absolutely lights you up and makes you just belly laugh? Can't get enough of it. It's a good question, man. Always sunny is definitely to me, it's the it's the goat. Like that's that's my favorite. Yeah, like it's great humor. It is it, it it like as far as belly laughing, man. Like I think good stand up for sure. Um, live is always better than recorded, a hundred percent. And uh, I, I think I, I'm I'm a fan of the same ones that everyone really reveres, right? You know, Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, you know, those, you know, yeah. Chris Rock. I think, um, that, I which, think pound yeah. for pound, two of the best right there you just named. And then I throw Tom Segura in there. Yeah, um, I'm a fan of Tommy um, as well. I like his... Uh, I like his podcast with, uh, oh my God, I can't believe that. I can't think of his name. He actually lives out here. Two Bears, One Cave, I like quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's, um, there's a lot, man. You know, I think, um, and I do try to surround myself with people that uh, have a really strong sense of humor. You know, I, I definitely value wit for sure. Um, I think that it's, uh, it's really a, a poor way to go through life if you're not laughing a lot of the time, for sure. 100%. So you had mentioned that you're married, you have kids. In fact, before we started recording, you did a little checkup on them. So being a good dad, making sure everything's under control. Tell me what lights you up about being a dad. I, I think it's the responsibility of knowing that you're going to shape people's life. You know, um, I think something I think about quite a bit is like, um, like how many people are wildly successful and their kids aren't a reflection of that. If that makes sense at all. Like, it's very clear that like even great leaders, like, Oh, you didn't impart those lessons at home. Like mm-hmm. there was something missing here. Like, what is, what is, what is this? Like, it's really important to me, you know? And um, I think I'm, I'm very blessed with, uh, with great kids. Obviously everybody, Everybody thinks that, right? Um, I'm also blessed to have, I have one son and I have three daughters. And um, I think it's an enormous responsibility as a father to um, really build them up uh, and really kind of show them how they deserve to be treated, um, uh, you know, in the world. Um, and I think also what I like to do with with my daughters is is give them the advantage of like, also like, by the way, you you don't need to be treated kind of perfectly all the time and the world doesn't actually owe you anything. So don't get it twisted. Thank you. And if you harden yourself a little bit, but maintain that empathy and that warmth that you naturally have, uh, but also maybe don't be afraid to add a little alpha to it. All of my mm-hmm. favorite salespeople, almost all of them are alpha females. Like I've learned more from them than any guy by a mile. Like, and nowadays they are just ragdolling everyone. It's not fair. And I want my kids to have those advantages, you know, and it's not something that is necessarily the most popular thing to go over, particularly with, I I think, females. But it's like, man, so many of them are like the best. Like, I want my kids to at least have the opportunity to be able to do that. And I want to put them in that position for sure. Yeah, I'm in a really good spot. I'm the youngest of six kids, Irish Catholic, right? So my... My three older sisters are absolutely what you just described. I mean, they are they are monsters, which is just mm-hmm. fantastic in a great way. I mean, they're unbelievably business savvy, and they don't take anything from anybody. So I'm glad that my my uh, parents instilled that in in them. I, I I'm curious yeah. um, if I see your Tom Brady behind you, right? So I know you're down in Florida, but are we are we from New England area? Yeah, I'm from Massachusetts. I'm from. A, okay. uh, I was born in Worcester. I'm from a very small town uh, that's uh, called Brookfield, Massachusetts. It's very close to the Connecticut border. Um, no traffic lights. Uh, mostly farms. Um, you know, everyone literally knows everyone. You can't live there, and everyone that's doesn't cool. know who you are. It's very small. Um, and then moved to Tampa um, uh, it, when I was ten or eleven. So you're following Tom to- around. It's kind of wild that like he like obviously 20 years, like I'm a big New England sports fan um, and I don't like any other Tampa team because they play the New England teams too much. But the Bucks are NFC 
and the Pats are AFC. So I always like the Bucks. When Dungy took over and it was, you know, Pewter Power and, you know, Warren Sapp, Warren Dunn, Mike Allstott. It's like, dude, this is the squad. Like, it is the coolest team. Like, I was a big fan of them. Even Brad Johnson, speaking of TikToks, Brad Johnson is a TikToker. You see him doing some of those things. You're glad to be on there. Because I remember I I said on there – I was like, you're really not from Tampa if you don't remember Brad's Fantastic Sam's commercial. Because right mm-hmm. after they won the Super Bowl, Brad had a Fantastic Sam's commercial, which is, a, you know, like a barbershop that's out here and everything. But, yeah, he's the king of the, the doink. Brad's the man. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like his TikToks a lot. So let's do this for a second because I see you're an NFL fan. And let's just, let's just play this game. You know, in the NFL, right, they go through the draft, right, and they do the yeah. draft and they do comps. So they go, yeah. okay, this wide receiver in college, here's what their comp would be. So if, if you were having to comp yourself to the style of an athlete, how you handle um, your executive leadership, your sales approach, your content creation, what would be a great comp? Um, how, would you, how would you describe that? Whether it's an NFL player or a different sport, whatever, who would you want to emulate or say, hey, this is somebody that I look, look at and I like to think that I'm like? A hundred percent like what I'm doing now with content creation. It's definitely, it's not NFL, it's NBA, but it's definitely Charles Barkley. Like it's not easy. (laughs) That's an easy choice. Like he's been my favorite. He's actually been one of my favorite players since I I met him at an airport in second grade. Um, And I asked him for an autograph and he made me take my Celtics hat off before he would give me an autograph, which I believe I I sadly did in second grade because he was on the Sixers. But um, yeah, it's definitely Charles. But I always have kind of leaned towards like the Chad Ochocinco's and the Terrell Owens and the Mm -hmm. Deion Sanders. Little edge to him. Yeah, the loud and brash and kind of over the top. Like, you know, you know, I came up with, you know, again, like pro wrestling, the Attitude Era, the Rock mm-hmm. Stone Cold, like all of that is like just what I have looked up to, like in terms of like personality. And I think it's because like I was I'm naturally very introverted and like quiet really? and awkward growing up. And that's why I kind of tell people like, dude, you actually can get out of it. If you're naturally weak and you hit the gym every day, you're going to be stronger than most people. Maybe not the strongest people, but most people. If you're naturally introverted and you're just like, you know what? I'm not going to be anymore. I'm going to push myself to be uncomfortable every day until I'm comfortable at a level that most people would be uncomfortable. It's doable. It's not fun to do. And it's awkward and you embarrass yourself often, which I still often do on podcasts, like in, in, in general and in real life interactions with people when I'm not selling them. But it's worth doing, like, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm an introvert and I should get to stay an introvert. Cool. Do, do that too. That's fine. I, was a lot of, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, a lot of people that I really like. But if you don't want to be, you, you don't really have to be. You can push yourself and become more of an extrovert. That's such a phenomenal point. You know what I've been working on? I had hired a life coach a while back. And uh, what I've been working on now in staff meetings is trying not to be the first person to speak. Yeah, like, it's funny because now that's how I back, Because I'm an extrovert, yeah. my natural instinct is like, I got something to say, right? And I want to jump in there. So I've yeah. been really, really trying hard to, without sending the wrong body language, to still yeah. show that I'm engaged but to just sit back and listen and take it all in before I speak. It's funny. I used to, people used to say like, man, a few words, like all of that. And like, now I'm very much the same where like, I just want to talk. Like, and it's, it, it's, I almost overcorrected um, a, a little bit, I think. And then it's like raining yeah. it in, but I, I definitely would rather have to rein it in than not have the horsepower to want to rein it in. A hundred percent. You know, I, I would assume that you probably probably feel the same way. You know, like yeah, yeah you'd much rather have something ha- have something to to pull back on than nothing at all. One hundred percent. I don't want you know the idea of like um, engaging and and adding value um, can run its course, right? You got to yeah. have you got to have that extra gear. So you might want to keep it in fourth or fifth gear before you before you drop it into six all the time. If you go right to six, there's no other gear, right? So you yeah. need to kind of be able to pace yourself. I'm, yep. I'm, uh, I'm really curious. What is the greater purpose for you? Like, w- I like to ask this question. Like, w- when you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the ground, what, where does the mindset go? Like, how does the mind start? What is the greater purpose? What fuels you on a day where you go, ah, oh, man, I don't know about today, 
or when you're going into a big presentation, what's the thing that really lights you up and gets you going? It is twofold. And I, I think I would be lying if I said one might be over the other. It depends on the day, I think is what it boils down to. Um, part of it is I was in sales for seven years before I got into tech sales and I was dead broke when I got into tech sales. But I also was the top rep anywhere that I was at or within the top three nationwide anywhere that I was at. And it's knowing that the content that I'm putting out is allowing people to skip those seven years Um, because those were like, yeah, you know, thinking back to when you struggle, you 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 look at it with rose colored glasses and you wouldn't want to trade it. But the reality is, you know, I always bring up Jed Marley as a great example. I hired him when he was 17 as an LDR quickly saw, yeah, I quickly saw, by the way, it's not like it was through my training, like, oh, this dude's the man. Like I moved him to SDR very quickly. He whipped ass. He's moved up and everything like that. Jed didn't need those seven years. Like he just didn't. And it would have been dumb for him to have them. So the reality is you don't need them. And knowing that um, what I'm doing helps people that might not be like an, have an engineer mindset or want to be a doctor or a lawyer. Well, you can make the same money. And by the way, you also can impact lives because mm-hmm. I'm kind of proving it. Like, and so have so many people before me, obviously, but that's a big part of it. And the other part is like, I want to plant my damn flag in the ground, man. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to hang it up and just be like a, another sales dude who's now retired. No, I've said it for the past couple of years. I'm really not trying to be a sales guy. I'm trying to be the sales guy, the preeminent. And it might take years to do, but yeah, like if I'm, I've, I've failed if I'm not in the same breath of like a Grant Cardone by the time I'm done, because that's where we're looking to go. It's not minuscule. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to take this shit to the highest level I possibly can. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to leave something here for sure. Well, I got to tell you the way that you articulated, I believe it. I believe it. I believe you will. I believe you're fired up to do that. So um, you had mentioned the idea of a book. Are we actually going to write a book? And if we do, what do you think the, the grand focus of that book would be? Yeah. Or, or maybe if you already started to map that out. I have. Um, so I, I started, I started, I started to write a book while I was at Verizon Connect, which was Fleetmatics. Verizon bought it. Um, and someone complained. I was an AE, by the way, I was closing at like 70 to 80%. I was crushing my target. Someone complained that I was, uh, writing a book on company time. They could see that I was doing it while I was sitting there. By the way, I was crushing my target. So whoever that is, uh, I hate you. Um, you're an idiot. <laughs> um, we'll put their name but, in the description. I wish I knew who it was because I would say it right now. Um, uh, But then um, I just kind of like I got hung up on like a chapter and I just used that as an excuse of like, well, I'm just going to let me hold it back. And I think people were like the couple of people that used to work there were like laughing at the fact that I was writing a sales book. Like, who am I to do that? Like, even though I was crushing it over there and it's like, all right, like. So then like, I, I, I always wanted to do that. It's like definitely a bucket list thing. And I was like, all right, well, if I built up like my TikTok, like, and I have a following, maybe that's like proof of like, well, if I, they want me to write a book, like they're saying it, like, and then I talked to Keenan, who I like quite a bit, by the way, I only talked to him briefly. I talked, I talked to him on DM a little bit and then we had a Zoom chat. Um, and he gave me like really solid advice. Cause like I have a consulting company. But I don't even know really kind of like what consulting really entails. I just kind of, you know, between me and you, because I'm sure like, you know, this isn't going to go out to, to anyone, right? We're just saving this for like, you know, just our, our, our private record, John, and everything like that. Like, I actually did it just so there wasn't any gap in my resume when I first did it. Like, was like, oh, well, I'll just start a company and I'll, it'll be an LLC. And then there's no gaps, right? There physically can't be a gap because I have it, right? Like, so I'm good. Yeah. And then I started to build things up and then people started to actually ask me to do it and everything like that. But he was like, dude, what I did was I wrote a book and the book, the book is awesome, right? Everyone, like many people that I respect and revere say that it's their favorite sales book, Gap Selling, you know? Really? And he was like, I, I use that and now I have a training that for, for my consulting and I can leverage the fact that I have a book that's done extraordinarily well 
for that training. And I was like, oh, well, what if I was to do something like that? What would it be? And the, uh, the big thing he said to me was like, don't write one if you don't have an original idea. Though. Like, which I really, I really liked. Like, it wasn't like, hey, here's the get rich quick, like BS. Like, yeah. don't do it unless you actually have something to say. I really it was my version it. of the same thing. Yeah, because so many people have done that, right, is the reality. I mean, it's LinkedIn, like, right now, mm-hmm. you know? And I think um, I thought about it, and I thought, well, like we were saying, there really are no new ideas when it comes to sales. There's not a groundbreaking one that's going to absolutely change the game, in my opinion. You know, um, even gap selling is, like, problem and solution, right? Like, that's kind of like what we're talking about. Like, that's – it's not a novel idea. I think that the way that he's presented it is way better. Um, and it's way better to get people to adopt it, which is what I like as well. But I thought about it. I was like, man, I've done car sales. I've done door-to-door sales. I've done tech sales at multiple places that are wildly different from one another. And I've had success at, you know, all of them when it comes to selling, you know, even that last place that I said I didn't like, I did, I, I, I helped people sell and I did a hundred grand in like a month. Like it was nothing, you know, how do I do that? Well, it's not, it's not the format because you have to be malleable to your format. It's not like I have, I have Troy Barter selling. This is it. I only, I do this the same way every time. No, it's, it's the ability to break down any process into step-by-step recognizing what the impulse curve is, figuring out how to break down your game tape and make yourself better on every one of those steps and being able to close at the height of impulse. Like, and I, my philosophy is you build everything out for perfection. You don't build it out for failure, which is what yeah. most people build out because you, you look at that old bell curve people used to say in sales, right? You have like 10% that are definitely going to buy no matter what. And you have that 80% that's in between and then the 10% that aren't going to buy no matter what. We worry about the 80%. A lot of mm-hmm. people worry so much about the 80% that they built out a process that makes the 10%, not the 10% anymore. You've pushed it to the 80%. Now you don't get them as fast as you could have because you're planning on the failure to happen. Well, now you've suffered 10%. How many people, what could you do at 10% more? You get your life's changed if you do like, yeah, so right. I plan for perfection and I have a contingency plan on that. So long story short, the book that I'm a hundred percent doing, it's mapped out. There's no way that I'm not doing it. I'll have it done quickly. I'm moving fast on it but I will obviously revise it a lot and make sure that it's right, is not the game. Like if you were to look back at like Nintendo and Super Nintendo, this is not Mike Tyson's punch out. This is the game genie that you put the game in. So whether you like gap selling, whether you like the selling that you've already done, you're that enterprise rep that's in my comments telling me that the cold call role play that I just did wouldn't work where you're at. All right, well, I'm going to show you how to make your stuff hotter. I'm going to show you how to make anything hotter. And I'm going to show you the mindset that's required to be able to have success in sales. And I think that is a gap that does not exist right now. And I think that's a fresh take. And I also think that it can hit the most people and help the most people. So that's something where it's not pulling something out of thin air either. This is stuff that I've already done. It's really just recalling my past more than it is trying to come up with something new. I've already built this. I just need to put it on paper at this point. but yeah, that's oh, uh, documenting instead of creating, which is which is fantastic. When you're creating, there's a certain level of making things up, right? <laughs> yep. Along the way, when you're documenting, it's hey, look, this is proven. I know it's proven because I did it. Um, those yep. are much easier to buy into and far more uh, exciting to read as well because it's storytelling. I think that's the advantage, also, and I'm I'm toying with it is. Um, I know that the content will be pretty good, but I think the presentation will be really good. Like I know that I can present something in a, in a compelling way that will get people to want to adopt it. I think that's, that's my skill set really more than anything else. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I would anticipate the audio version of it would be probably more anticipated than the other version. Um, That'll be print. Fire. yeah. So what, what, uh, if you're advising sales teams right now and you know, we've got a, we've got a sales team here and we've got it layered into tiers, just like any other organization out there. But if I've got my sales team listening to you or any salespeople out there, what are the biggest, uh, what do you think are the, the biggest challenges or concerns that folks need to just get over, um, as it relates to cold calling building pipeline and taking their their uh outbound to the next level what are the hurdles why and how do they get over that 
Well, it comes down to like the old door-to-door phrase, which was the hardest door to open is your car door when you park and you're about to go knock. It, it, it's really just getting started and, and, and being consistent with it. Uh, when it comes to cold calling, when it comes to prospecting, um, everyone wants to look at a million different pieces of advice on how to cold call, what to do. The reality is you never have to be good at it. You just have to do it more than everybody else. Mm-hmm. You can be uh, almost below average, but put in more time and you will learn your prospect where if I heard your pitch, I'd be like, oh my God, this is dog crap. But you're converting at a high level because you figured out what works for what you're doing right now. And the only way to do that at a high level is the reps. It's not watching my TikToks. It's not watching anyone else's stuff. Yeah, sure. It's going to give you some helpful stuff. But at the end of the day, you've just got to go out there and figure it out. You've got to go out there and put in the practice in real time in the actual game. And you have to break down your game tape after every door, after every call that you make. And what I say is to have a my fault mentality, which is even if that person could have never been sold, they were an absolute jerk to you. They cursed you out, whatever. All right. What if it was all my fault? What could I have done differently? Yes. And if you do that on every call long enough, there's just no way that you're not going to become a lead at this. There's a, there, there, there's no way. You will beat natural salespeople eventually. It's tortoise in the hair. You will eventually beat them if you do it that way. But it, the reality is it just comes down to you starting and not stopping. That's, that, that's 100% life in general. You know, I've started a lot of stuff and stopped it, you know. And I just decided with TikTok and, and, and that I was not stopping this one. This is it. I'm doing it this time. And yeah. it, I, I, it's been since February. We're in, we're in May now. You know, mm-hmm. it was not that long. And the amount of like high level people that would have never taken my call that are now calling me mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Anyone that I would have wanted to talk to in sales outside of like a Tony Robbins, I've had conversations with and I didn't reach to them. They reached to me. They're they're fulfilling my goals. I'm like, I'm a trash networker. My goal with networking was always I'll just make sure that they want to come to me. I will do I will do something enough that is so compelling that they'll come to me because I don't like to come up to people. If I'm cold calling to sell them, that's a different story. But just networking, I'm trash. Yep. So that's, I mean, uh, not to be long winded, but I, that, that's the advice I have is like, just do it and don't be afraid to call. Do not get it twisted. Email will never beat calling. It's not going to happen. And you can pretend it and you can say, well, it works better at my place. Does everyone email? That's why it works better. Cause all of you are doing a trash idea. That's why yes. it works better over there. If you pick the phone up and you figure it out, you will do better than email too. Trust me. I guarantee it. It's uh, the, the any time that someone has tried to refute that with me, and I ask them enough questions, I come to realize that they've actually never called at a high, or, or they've never put in enough outflow for them to actually have data to prove me otherwise. And anyone that does have that data agrees with me. It's really that leaning on emailing. Leaning on that? emailing is a lot like you. Leaning on email is a lot like we talked about with the unpopular empathy uh or or the popular empathy play on linkedin right like it's so easy to just fall on that because everyone's gonna like that it's so well nobody wants it it's so easy just to email because the rejection is softer yeah if i tell you well also like if i tell you john here's an email that works you have you don't have to use this you don't have to talk you don't have to get good at that at all it's not a skill you have to use this you have to click Copy and paste. That's all yep. that you have to do. And it's like, oh, well, if I no learn that, then I can have some success. By the way, don't get it twisted. You can have some success at email, but you'll sure. never have the success you could have if you get good on the phone. It'll you never can't transfer happen. enough energy. I, yeah, mean, it, I, I mean, I was taught early on 25 years ago that sales, when you strip it down to its brass tacks, when you strip it down to its foundation, is yeah. about the transfer of energy. Mm-hmm. He who is most convicted in the room tends to win. Provided that you understand enough, you know enough about the product, you ask questions so that you can take that pain and then speak to it. But he who is convicted wins the room, right? 
it's very difficult to do that in a copy paste email or even the articulation of an original email. You can't put enough expression, exclamation points or emails in it. You can't transfer energy. You can't use body language. I mean, that that is an art form and you can do that through a phone. You can do that through a Zoom call. Sorry, it's a big folks. leadership thing too, man. Um, like the mark of a leader, uh, right? John Maxwell says like the mark of a leader is, is both uh, the amount of followers and the quality of the people that follow you, right? A cheat code for that is exactly what you said. I know people hate morning meetings nowadays, but you get in front of the room. Let's say it's not a morning meeting, but you get mm -hmm. in front of the room and you're presenting or you're talking to your team. All right. If you can come across with that conviction that is next level, you can win over a room in a matter of minutes where others would have to spend hours, days, weeks, months, years to be able to do that. And I, I will say, Don, like there's a lot of things that I'm weak at. Like I told you, emotional intelligence, I'll never be the best at. I'll never be even remotely close to it. I'd love to get better at it. Uh, I probably should try to get better at it. But having conviction and getting people to really buy the fact that I live the stuff I rap about, I don't know many people that are better at that. And it's because I liked that. When I played basketball, I'm 6'4". When I played basketball, I could always dunk better than everybody else, but I wouldn't remember the plays. You know why? I wanted to yeah. dunk. That's what I cared dunk, about. Man. I didn't yeah. even care if I got playing time. I just wanted to dunk. When I was a battle rapper, I had bars that were better than most. I wasn't the best when it came to parts of the delivery and everything like that. But my you wanted the battle. Because that's what I cared about, you know? And that's what I care about when it comes to a lot of other things. And I think what it that in terms of advice for people is when you pick the thing that you really want to get really great at, don't just think about it because it's what you care about. Think about what's going to provide you the return that you care about. What's the end goal here? And does this actually take you to it? Because it, it, it's amazing when you embark on something and you focus on one thing, how great you can actually get at it if you really care about it. And it's up to you what you care about. It's not up to anybody else. So if you say, all right, I want to be great at this one thing. All right, is that going to provide you with a return? Is, is it going to get you to the end goal that you care about? And if the answer is no, maybe consider a couple of other options of the thing that you want to get great at. My example with basketball, I could dunk and I was on the bench. Because that's what I was best at. I could windmill, throw it off the backboard, you name it. I was a high jumper. I could do all of that. I did all the stuff yeah. to be able to jump high and dunk, but I couldn't even get in the game. I was in the game during garbage time. That was it. Yeah. And I could play too, street ball. I just wouldn't remember the plays. Yeah. Prioritize based on what the end goal is and what you actually want. You know, And if you work that way and then you work backwards and then you focus on one or two things that and make those the things that are important to you, I think that's what results in you having the most success. You want to be a master of one or two things, not a jack of all trades, but you want to be careful about the things that you want to master, 100%. Well, you know what stands out to me about you, Troy, is that you have a self-awareness and you understand what lights yourself up and what you what you like to do. And then you put yourself in a position to go do that. So, hey, look, maybe you weren't able to get in the game doing windmill dunks then, but now you figure out a way to create your own game, right? And that's what it's Fair all enough. about. Uh, so I thoroughly appreciate that. Troy, in closing, leave our listeners with some piece of inspiration. Um, what's the what's the next big thing for you? What what are you what are you excited about? Or hey, look, what's a mindset that somebody who listens to this in a couple of weeks when we send this out, when they when they listen to this and they get off, what's that final thing that you want to drop on them so that they can have a better day or they can ap approach their career? stronger yeah so i'm not gonna do the whole meeting because it's long um and i also owe it to somebody that literally paid for me to run the meeting for their team and i haven't done it yet but right. what i will say particularly if you're entry level you're an sdr or, or somewhere along that line but really in, in, in general the people that have the most success in life their furthest goal that is actually miles away they look at it like it's almost within reach at all times they they see it like it's they're going to receive it at the end of the day, not at the end of three years from now. And they never lose sight of it. It is wildly tangible and real to them at all times. Anytime that I've had any measure of success, 
that's the way that I viewed my end goal. It was already materialized. It was already real. It's almost like it already happened. When I write my goals down, I don't write down, I want to do this. I wrote down, I did this on this date. And then I play fill in the blanks for the rest of the mm -hmm. year. But it already happened because I wrote it down. And I'm hard pressed when I write something down like that to not fill those blanks in by the end of the year, or by the end of the time frame that I gave myself. So it's realizing that think about the reasons why you got into it in the first place and what was the end goal and realize that it's closer than you think. And even if it's not closer than you think, if you find a way to view it like it's right within arm's reach and you act accordingly on a daily basis, you can hit ridiculous goals long term. That would be the largest thing that I could say is that take your big picture goals and treat them like you'd get them at the end of the day if you did all of the right things and then just don't stop doing all of those things. Ladies and gentlemen, visualize, write your goals down and here's how you write them from now on. I did this on this date. If you can see it, you can be it. Troy Parter, you have been in the club. You've been a fantastic guest. Couldn't be more thrilled to have you on. Thank you so much for joining. You've been in the club. Cheers. Ah, yes. In the Club, powered by Club Colors, is proud to be sponsored by Fossa Apparel. All guests on In the Club will receive a gift from Fossa Apparel. Check them out at fossaapparel.com.